Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Open House Around Australia with Lee Hatcher. And now, the human condition. Yes, tonight we're starting a new series of conversations with our great open house human condition guru, clinical psychologist Lynn Worsley, about something that's such a huge part of our world, divorce. Between one-third and one-half of Australian marriages end in divorce. And over the next few weeks, we're going to go divorce-busting. Lynn, welcome back. And I know this is something you've got a real passion for. Yes, it, it is. And I've become a bit more passionate since I've been to Colorado yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And um, I've done some study with uh, Michelle Werner-Davis, and she's really well known as the divorce buster. Now, um, her therapy over many years has concentrated on just helping couples who are on the brink of divorce right. to get back together. Um, and uh, she has an 85% success rate. That's huge. It's huge. I'd think that was huge. Yeah. Yes, it is. Now, look, after reading a lot of her work, um, I found that her work really resonated with my, I guess, my philo- philosophical alignment um, with my work with couples. I And I decided to go and do a workshop with her and I just felt so inspired afterwards. I've come away with a renewed passion and I just really want to help people to connect and relate in their relationships that enhance both their own growth and the growth of other people around them. Before we get to finding out about her and her work, with the myriad numbers of couples that you've counselled in your business, what would you say to people, either even people not even married or planning to be married, people happily married or people on the brink of divorce, about the importance of working hard at it before it ends in divorce. I think that? I'd I think I'd be saying, look, it's it is about not necessarily hard work because that just turns people off getting married in the first okay. place. Yes. Yeah. I think I'd just be talking about the ordinary parts of it of yeah. being married. It's not designed to be, you know, this fantastic, wonderful place that everyone thinks it is. It's it's living. It's living through life together. Someone gave a great quote to me late recently and they said, you know, having a, a, a partner is is not necessarily having someone to do all the great things with. It's actually having someone to do nothing with. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, to be ready that for the boring as well as the exciting. Because as it ends in divorce, there is such pain in it. There for is. so many. There is a lot of pain and a lot more than we actually are told. A ripple out effect, not I mean, only to the kids but beyond. Extremely, extremely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so tell us a bit about Michelle Winner-Davis. Well, Michelle was firstly inspired to work with couples because she recalls her own childhood. Um, And uh, with her own parents, they had never fought. They'd never had any problems that she could see, and they just seemed to have a normal relationship. And then they just decided to separate. She came home from school, and they'd told her that they were separating. Wow. Um, She was in her teens. And she recalls from that time on that it was tumultuous. She says um, she suffered socially, academically, and financially as a result. And um, her family structure changes meant that she didn't have the people that she could call on um, that she would have done before. And she just says she just doesn't want to put anyone through that. Wow. Um, it's interesting. Uh, she quotes an, a whole lot of stats to support her cause. 
She calls the social experiment of rampant divorce and disposable marriages over the last four decades has been finished now. We've got the results and she puts them out. That might be a controversial thing to say. Absolutely. Yeah, the social experiment. <laughs> So it's very personal for her. It's emerging it is. very personal. It is. But she says from the, the US stats, and I, I think we can probably draw some alignments with the Australian stats. And if you look on the Australian Institute of Family Studies, you should be able to find some supportive data on this. Um, but she says, a bit like the myth buster stats for the divorce buster lady, um, <laughs> she says the following. She says, except in extreme conflict-ridden families, which are you know not that many, Children are better off when their parents stay married. Now, the myth is the opposite. Yes. It's better off when they're in a happy... That's weather. certainly the right. message we've been sold for decades That's now. That's right. She says also that children are more likely to finish school and avoid problems such as teenage pregnancy, drug use and delinquent behaviour. Plus, they're more likely to have good marriages themselves if their parents stay together. And again, to reinforce, this is not her opinion. These are statistics. Statistics yes. from the stats. From, from, you know, I guess the results of relationship breakdown. So she also says that even if the parent is happier as a result of the divorce, there's no trickle-down effect, that mm. children still tr- struggle emotionally regardless of how a parent feels. She says that married men make better fathers. They're more likely to provide guidance or role modelling and financial support. As opposed to de facto's. That's right. Yeah. Or as opposed to separated and divorced fathers. Yes. Um, marriage is good for most adults as compared to single, widowed or divorced people. Married people are healthier, have better sex lives, engage in fewer high-risk activities such as substance abuse. They live longer and they're just happier in general. Depression is almost three times as prevalent in women who've divorced once and four times as prevalent in women who've divorced twice than in women who've never divorced. Wow. Uh, a random sample of about eight... 1,600 adults revealed that the percentages of those who felt lonely from the marital statistics said that married people, 4.6% felt lonely. Those who'd been never married had 14.5% felt lonely. Those who had divorced, 20.4% were lonely. Those who were widowed, 20.6% were lonely. About the same. And those who were separated, 29.6% were lonely. Another one was those in healthy marriages tend to be better and more productive employees. Uh, Married men miss work less often. Divorce increases the cost of many public health and social services programs. um, And single parent households often mean children are raised in poverty or public aid. Uh, another one, single mothers' standard of living almost always decreases significantly after divorce. Um, as compared to 50% of first marriages that end in divorce, 60% of second marriages also end in divorce. So basically, if you're considering separating or divorcing, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it does f- fly in the face of a lot of what we've been told. Yes, Basically, it is. since it is. the 60s, I think. But I don't know about you, Lee. It seems to be, I see that in my everyday life with people who are separated in divorces. My observations have been of carnage. Mm. And uh, and the thing I learned, uh, have learned, is that it's not just the the carnage for the couple, not just for the carnage for the kids, but the ripple-on effect far and wide beyond that. So this does seem to be evident in those separated in our communities. It isn't easy for them. No, not at all. 
Now, there's some principles that are brought to light through some of Michelle's work, and it's also my observations. But firstly, there's a bit of a conspiracy. That conspiracy is that there's a bias towards divorce as a solution to many couples' problems. Um, And this is through well-meaning friends, well-meaning therapists and family, the media, myths, and also the legal system. The bias occurs like this, like you sit with a friend like over coffee and you whinge about all the problems of your spouse, like he's slow, he's a lousy lover, he doesn't think of you, he's always away all the time, etc., etc., etc. And this means you set up a situation with your friend that she assumes that you're right and she takes your side. Of course. Because she's your friend. Of course, yes. The chain reaction is that she may be hesitant to ask you both over and you just see each other as friends, not as couple friends. Your friend then tells her husband and then he avoids your husband because it's awkward. Yeah. So over time, there's a subtle reinforcement that he's not a great partner and he begins to be left out of things. So begins a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a lot of self-talk going on yeah. too. Yeah. Then we've got the concerned friend or relative who loves you very much and all they want is for you to be happy. So they want to get rid of the bad thing in your life. So divorce becomes a solution. So getting rid of him or working out ways to bypass his support become the strategy. Okay, yes. Then you go to the well-meaning counsellor and the counsellor just hears your side of the story and feels for you and you begin to paint a picture of the escalation of the difficulties which have got worse because of the social isolation and the negative schema that's happening in the way you're talking. And as you tell the story to the counsellor, you begin to believe it more and more and you reinforce that he is the problem and that the marriage is over and that divorce is inevitable and you begin to make sure you talk to people to reinforce your view. Will the counsellor often seek to see both parties so they can hear both sides of the story? If the counsellor is tuned in to the conspiracy. And this is where Michelle hits the nail on the head. She said, many counselling is about, tell me your problems, which isn't necessarily the helpful way to actually take it. So at this stage, we've got a team around you that seems to all agree with you that it's pretty lousy. So it must be true. Self-fulfilling, yeah. There's also some nagging that might have begun and some picking on him at home, um, which has meant that he's begun to withdraw and pull back from any conflict, and this reinforces his absence. Um, the well-meaning counsellor, if they're not con- switched onto the conspiracy, are more likely to become biased and build on the problems by asking more about the problems and trying to analyse the problems rather than building towards a more positive future. It's a really distinctive difference yeah that's right so questions like they might ask questions like how are things going what's happened this week and tell me about the problems you've had this week those sorts of questions all just reinforce that things are going from bad to worse yeah and they seem like fairly innocuous questions so the conspiracy continues and the relationship breaks down even further and the conspiracy supports that there's just no turning back and divorce is the only option. So I picked up uh, two things earlier. We've so far got the supportive friend, the supportive family, the well-meaning therapist. You mentioned media myths and the legal system. They're part of this as well. Yes, yes. Okay. Now in the media, we've got another conspiracy and that is that we should be happy all the time and that marriage is supposed to be exciting, <laughs> passionate and Perfect. Never believe what you hear in the media, <laughs> except on Open House. Yes. And if you don't have that, we deserve to have better. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now look at the Hollywood images. 
the relationships with the breathlessly great sex and the heart-stopping romances and the beautiful bodies and exciting adventures. Oh, stop! (laughs) If we don't have that, we begin to think that there's something really wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the truth is that good marriages are often really boring. You know, there's nothing sexy about making dinner every night and paying bills and caring for elderly parents and changing nappies and organising the sport for the kids, etc., etc. But that doesn't equal bad. No. No. The really good part of being married is the comfort that you feel when you're in the presence of the other. The unspoken glances. The certainty that each person will be there in the morning. And that just doesn't make good movies. I've told my wife so many times, you're really lucky I like spending time with you. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean it. It really is a very special thing, actually, to just be so comfortable um, not complacent, but so comfortable yeah. that you're so at ease. So basically the media contributes to our expectations that marriage, marriage is supposed to be something that it's really not. Yes. And it sets up the scene that we need to get out of it if it doesn't meet our expectations and that there must be something better for us or we deserve better. It's also the conspiracy that it needs to be equal and there needs to be equal effort all the time, like it has to be fair. Um, and the truth is that each of us have different personalities. We've just done a big series on personalities totally. and they're different yes. and different skills and abilities and different insights and different energy levels. So when is it ever equal? <laughs> yes. It's never equal. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just different. Yes. Um, and sometimes we just have to be the person that takes the initiative all the time. And sometimes we just have to raise our... Um, ourselves up to doing the things that we've got the skills to do. It's not that you're lowering expectations. You, no. You kind of are, but I suppose you're being more realistic. Well, if you have a high expectation of your marriage, raise your part of, part of it. Yeah. You may be the only person that sees that positive future in the couple. The other person may not see that. Okay. So keep doing the things that you have the skills for and don't expect him or her to do, the op- do the, exactly the same. And this meet-in-the-middle stuff necessarily the way it always is. You might need to lift your game. Yes. Okay, so that's the media myth. What about the legal system? <laughs> the legal system. Now, that's designed to make people fight. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I've noticed that a bit. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. They call it the family court. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But they're designed to make people fight, and the more they fight, the more money is made by the lawyers. So basically, we've got people whose whole family lives are invested in people fighting. Um, and I've seen relationships fall apart and they've gone through the court system and they've paid up to, you know, maybe a bit more than 50000 each. That's just in legal fees. Just in legal fees. Before you get to the financial carnage of the carve-up. That's right. But mind you, the legal fees come out of the settlement. Yeah. So they keep chunking it up and they don't realise it. Yes. Um, it also becomes such a blame game um, and it sets the couple further from negotiation. So they're dependent more and more on the legal system in order to survive. Um, And once the legal system's involved, the adversarial thought processes that occur in a person's brain begin to set the scene for how the relationship or non-relationship occurs. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I've heard, um, look, we're going okay and negotiating things are okay until she called the lawyer and now it's turned ugly and I've got no chance but no choice but to fight and get all I can and um, then now she'll be sorry. And we're three years down the track. Yeah. So what you're saying is that there's this conspiracy to divorce um, supported by all the people that are there supposedly to help with marriages and families. And we're subtly, we're kind of subtly all drawn in 
Mm. with this. And that's right. And that's part of the sadness that I think Michelle is highlighting in the work that she's doing. And it becomes part of how we think and assume things should go. And what I like about Michelle Werner Davis' Werner Davis's work is that she says that the reason people separate is that basically they don't have the skills to stay together. So what her work is, is, a, is actually teaching people the skills on how to stay together. Yeah, which we'll start outlining next week. Can you give us a brief taste of where we'll be going in that? Yes, we'll look at some communication skills that she talks about. We'll look at some of the ways that we need to challenge our thinking. And if we're, if there's only one person who's ready to save the marriage and the other person isn't on board, then what things need to happen in order to make that person think a bit better so they can move towards a more positive future. And again, to reinforce this point, this is not just for people on the brink of divorce. This, I think, will be really helpful. For I think lots it's of helpful people. for lots yeah. of people, yes. Now, we're going to do something a little different to end with this. This is your idea. I think it's a great idea because there's a song you've heard played here that really fits into some of the stuff we've been talking about and will be talking about. Tell us about this song. Yes. Now, look, I was listening in the radio in the car um, and I uh, was sort of thinking about what we were talking about tonight. And uh, by Jason Morantz singing the song, I Won't Give Up On You. And basically the song goes through some of those practicalities of differences that we have and the personalities we have and the responsibility that each of us has. Um, in a relationship, and I was I was quite challenged at personally as well. So. Okay. Well, here's a little bit of open house music. Let's have a listen to what he says, Jason Morantz. I won't give up on you.
be someone who walks away so easily I'm here to stay and make the difference that I can make Our differences, they do a lot to teach us how to use the tools and gifts we got here We got a lot at stake And in the end you're still my friend At least we did intend for us to work We didn't break, we didn't burn We had to learn how to bend without the world caving in I had to learn what I got and what I'm not and who I am I won't give up on us even if the skies get rough I'm giving We hope you enjoyed this open house podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.